1-855-835-8877. Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Good morning. This is Paula Granquist, and you're listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thank you so much for tuning into the show that celebrates creating and stories. And I am really excited today, and I want to talk a little bit about, well, some of the, the way that I cure what I call the summertime blues. You know, I don't know how you're feeling about uh, summer right now during this last burst of of summer and the final days of vacation or final days of beach time. But I I have to admit that sometimes it gives me a little bit of the blues. And, you know, I love, I don't get me wrong, I love the months of sun and flowers and baseball and bountiful vegetables, family gatherings, outdoor time, those long days. It's all absolutely glorious. But And it's very easy to love this time. But there's also this extra grind. I don't know about you, but there are more meals, it seems, more running around, more people, more happenings. And that happens especially with a busy family in the summer. So it's usually about this time of year that this mama needs a break. And my favorite way to escape this feeling is to make time for the Bridge Chamber Music Festival. It's the highlight of my summer. And last year, we were not able to do the Bridge Chamber Music Festival, and so I really missed it, and so it's quite exciting that it is coming back this year. I absolutely love being in our community, listening to the amazing artists perform a wide variety of chamber music. The sounds of beauty from the cellos and the violins, the pianos and brass soothes the soul. It's the boost I need to make it through the last weeks of summer until school starts. So I hope you'll join me for this year's celebration of classical and jazz ensemble music with world-class musicians. I know I can guarantee you'll feel better after spending time with this music of summer. Joining me today in the Art Zany Radio studio is Francesca Anderegg. She's the artistic director of the Bridge Chamber Music Festival. You can get lots of details, bridgechambermusicfestival.com. And that Bridge Chamber Music Festival begins on Wednesday, August 25th at 7.30. The first concert is presented at St. John's Lutheran Church. So we'll go through the the details, but I want you to get that on your calendar. Because believe it or not, August is almost wrapping up, and that is happening next week. So welcome to Art Zany Radio, Francesca. Thank you so much, Paula. It's great to be here. It is great to have you again. We've done this a couple times. Once I think you were as one of the, the guests with David, who was here talking about the festival. David Carter is the founder, and you are the new artistic director. We were trying to figure out as we got, got on the air if this is your third or your second because last year was kind of a um you know it it didn't happen the way we always dreamed it would yeah that's right and so we'll call it the third year of your artistic directorship but the festival's been going on for a long time um I, I, and I, I forgot every time David and I got together, I always had to look it up and I forgot to do that this time, but at least a dozen years, I think. Yeah, it's more than 20 years. Oh, it's more than 20 years. been even. happening in Northfield. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Saving lives every summer. <laughs> and this summer, uh, there's some new things that are happening. And part of that must be because of the, the you know, your bringing on, and part of it might be just because of planning, not knowing what the summer was going to bring. Yeah, that's right. So, Bridge Festival has always, um, had kind of a community focus. And one thing that I wanted to do as artistic director is um, make sure that we're u- uh, utilizing all of our great community venues beyond just St. Olaf College and Carleton College. And um, so 2019, the first year that I was directing, we did a concert in Goodbye Blue Monday, and we did a concert at the Riverwalk Market Fair. Um, and then this year, because we were very uncertain if we were going to be able to have concerts at St. Olaf and Carlton, um, and just not knowing what the situation was going to be for gathering in the summer. So we decided to do the festival outside this year, and it is almost completely outside. Another difference this year, and this is not really reflected in next week's festival, but for those of you who may have been around in May, we actually had a full weekend of concerts already in May, so I'm hoping that... Um, some of you may have 
caught some of that great music then. Is that a tradition you think you'll continue? um, I'm not sure. Okay. It just felt like, you know, we completely missed 2020. And um, right around in May was when the governor was opening up a lot of restrictions in Minnesota. And I just thought, you know, this is a perfect time to kind of come back together as a community. Mm -hmm. So we, we really had a good time then. But we've got also a lot of amazing artists on the docket for this coming week. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm excited, too, to, to talk about that. I, I kind of want to take a step back and, and talk about your experience as an artist during the pandemic. I think there have been a couple of different ways from people that I've, I've talked to. They've been either, um, you know, sort of relieved to not have that pressure of the performing and the, you know, all of the uh, deadlines and kind of used it as a creative boost to, to what they're doing. Or they were just like, I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't look at this. Um, and, and I'm just going to take a break. Where, where were you in, in that? And how are the people in your musical world feeling about the, the space away from what was usual? So I think like a lot of my friends in the classical music community, I turned towards some new technologies and new skills to keep making music. So I experimented with a variety of different um, tools. I did Facebook Live for a while. That was back in April, March and April of 2020. And I actually ended up recording a whole album in my house. Ooh, that had to Um, be something you'd never imagined. Yeah, it was something that I never imagined. (laughs) Not only audio but video I mean it was a whole production and I did all of the technology myself and learned how to do that and um, the other kind of popular way of making music was to do um, uh, like with one person records a song and then another person takes their track and like records over it Mm. Um, and so I, I did a lot of that and then you get into the audio editing piece of that as well and when you say records over that, so then they would play their part. Right. And so then you would kind of layer each of the parts. Right. So I had a friend play um, a violin piano piece and she recorded her part and then she sent me her recording. I would listen to it with headphones and then I would play my part. And so we were kind of, quote unquote, playing jammer music together, but at a distance. Oh, and wow. so that was a really nice idea, I think, at first. Um, and I also did that with, um, you know, making ensembles like just myself, playing all the parts, oh. recording them one at a time. But what's interesting about that, and I think a lot of musicians found this out, was that it gets pretty old pretty quickly because it's just not the same as making music in the same room as somebody else or, you know, making music outside with real live people. Yeah. You know, and that is what what we really love. And I think for a lot of musicians, especially those who love chamber music, we realized just how powerful that live experience is. Yeah, I think for the audience, too, because I did do listen to a lot of concerts on, you know, uh, if they, a venue had, you know, something that was the musicians were there, but everybody was at home mm-hmm. or like virtual. performances. Right, yes. Or, right. And it was it was great to have something right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> better than not having yeah. anything at all. But that element of that energy exchange doesn't happen. Yeah. And I think we were all reminded of that. Yeah, so I I love the way you were experimenting though, because that you know you try things and some some of things from what you did may stick, and and may you know carry you into the future, but you can then decide nope, I'm not going to do that yeah, again. Yeah, we, well, we all learned some new skills, <laughs> and I'm pr- I'm proud of what I did. You know, the album that I recorded and I I released it on Bandcamp, which is like not how I usually do it. Oh, so you know, I didn't catch that. So um, now it's I've called got Invisible th- Threads. If you're interested in listening, but I am. Um, you know, it it just you know, especially around April and May when people started doing more live concerts in Minnesota, and I got the opportunity to do some of those of this year. I was just reminded, you know, th- this is why we do this is because of you know coming together, right? And for people as that, real humans, exactly. And people might not know you are a music professor up at Saint Olaf College. You're um, teaching. How many years have you been there? It's, it's going to be longer than I my almost ten years. Wow. I remember when you first came, and it was so exciting to have you because you'd been a guest of the Bridge Chamber Music Festival. And That's right. Then, then you came, and now you're teaching. Yeah. And so, how did the students adapt to having things be, you know, offline? I don't teaching music it lessons. It was very hard. It uh, was very hard. Yeah. Well, and I was on sabbatical when everybody was sent home, so I didn't um, kind of interact as much 
with the campus at that time. But um, this past year, it was very hard. I mean, everybody wearing masks, everybody, um, the college did an amazing, an amazing job of keeping the students safe and ensuring that they could have a, you know, a live experience with masks and distancing and testing um, and <laughs> testing, lots of testing and restrictions on room capacity. Um, with string players teaching violin lessons, it's not as restricted because I can be teaching violin to a student in a room who's standing six feet away and that's considered acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, for the wind and brass players, it was really tough. I thought about that because you could have a mask on. Cons- I'm sure it changes how you feel. You know, it's not, it feels uncomfortable, but you cannot play the clarinet or the, you know, uh, French horn or any of those instruments and not you know, wear a mask. So. Right. And also voice. So sometimes the student would be in one room and then you know, on campus, and then the teacher would be on Zoom or something. I mean, it was really, there were a lot of workarounds that the department put into place very quickly. We are an adaptable creature, we humans, because you have to. constant adaptation, yeah. <laughs> you have to make those adjustments. And so, yeah, that would be, and, and maybe it's, it's like you said, it turns us into people who absolutely appreciate when we get that live experience, like like it'll change our perspective or we'll, we'll um, be more generous with our donations of those musicians we want to support Absolutely. And, and make those things uh, feel uh, we'll have a new appreciation. I'm hoping that's what comes out. <laughs> I think I think we I think we we all do appreciate it. Yeah. And so I was thinking, too, with you um, and the violin, uh, you were able to, to play um, and uh, just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this recording at home. I, I really want to know more because I can't, I, I didn't do the radio show from home because I knew that there wasn't going to be a possibility where I could have quiet, <laughs> where I wouldn't be interrupted. And so how, did you have to, you know, change your house, you know, have a separate space? So I used, um, a guest bedroom that we don't, you know, really mm-hmm. use much. And you didn't have guests last year. <laughs> no, we didn't have any guests. And I primarily did all my recording at night after my son went to bed. <gasps> and good thing he didn't wake up. <laughs> and, but that would be a lovely way to be serenaded, though. <laughs> but um, sometimes during his naps, I would practice. It, it, it got to some extremes. I would sometimes practice um, in the basement with a metal mute on the violin that mm-hmm. dampens about 90% of the sound. Oh, okay. So I would like not wake him up or, you know, I just, there was no noise you mm-hmm. know, escaping that from the violin. That must feel odd to play that <laughs> way. <laughs> but then after he went to bed, I would do my recordings and, um, yeah, it, it was, it, it was a lot of work. Tell us about the music on the new recording. Sure. So, um, it was music by, um, women composers primarily, mm. and it, the concept of the album was just about the different kind of connections that we can form, even when um, you know they seem kind of disparate or they seem a little bit unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a work called um, "Dissolve Oh My Heart" by Missy Mazzoli, who's a, a young composer, and it was based on the Bach Chaconne. So and it's a very beautiful piece. So that was kind of a centerpiece of the album, and then. I also put the Bach Chaconne and the the rest of the Bach um, D minor partita on the album. And it was just all about how these pieces, even though they might not seem very connected, but they are so connected, even though they were written, you know, hundreds of years apart. So her piece and then her the original. piece and then the Bach Chaconne. And then the other pieces on the album are um, uh, all women composers. Um, Jillian Whitehead, uh, a composer from New Zealand who you know, I then looked up and chatted with her on Zoom and, you know, you know, it's just all these kind of unexpected, unexpected things. And then another young composer, um, Claire Glacken, who wrote this wonderful piece. Um, and just check out the album and, and hear it. And, and then another, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on, but you know, I just like all, just all these pieces that I unexpectedly found and I would have never played them actually, um, because they were all solo violin and, you know, I just wasn't looking for that repertoire, but then I kind of had to look for that repertoire. 
Oh, that was, so it turned out to be something that you discovered along the way as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the theme of women composers because that is something that I don't know that women composers get as much attention. Right. And so to be able to bring them forward and, you know, to celebrate that and then collect it all together so people can also, you know, t- launch from that. Yeah. So that's an exciting, exciting project. It was, it was really fun. It, it was a, it was a nice chapter and, and, and now I'm happy that the chapter is concluded <laughs> right. because I wasn't just the performer. I was also like the recording engineer. <laughs> that would be the part that would be a challenge, right? Yeah. To, you know, set up, make sure all everything's plugged in the way and then that it's all recording the way you want and yeah. all the levels mm-hmm. uh, you, and you can't check as you're performing. So if it didn't right. work, you got to go back. Right. It's it. That's a lot to yeah. take on. So you, you probably learned something about that as well. I did. And so I'm curious then when you are thinking about as an artistic director and selecting the programming and the groups that you want to invite, how are you, how much do you have a say in what, what the, the, uh, Bridge Chamber Music Festival looks like? So I, I do have a lot of say and that is, you know, the role of the artistic director. Um, I try to, to kind of do a mix. I mean, there are some things that are, purely practical and logistical considerations like this year it did not make sense for us to have a lot of out of town artists um we didn't know whether we could host them um we didn't know whether there would be travel restrictions so um and i'm very proud of all of the fine local artists i mean local including the twin cities um who are performing and who are just doing such amazing things and being presented here so the, there were some logistical things and obviously, you know, outside. Um, and I think just trying to represent a mix of different composers. Um, and we had a single professor, J.C. Sanford, and his jazz trio mm. um, in May. They did a concert, which was really interesting. It wasn't jazz standards, but it was like original music that they composed. Mm. And just listening to that, I felt like was they presented 10 different styles already just in that one concert <laughs> and it was music that I wouldn't necessarily like listen to when I'm at home or something but I'm glad that I you know went there and heard it because um and had them perform because you know it was enriching yeah and that was the one in Central Park that was right? the one in Central Park that's right. right and then um we're doing uh the brass quintet we're uh, for our Central Park concert next week we're doing the Stone Arch Brass and I think um I just think the brass quintet is going to sound really amazing outside and looking at their program, which I, um, w- which we recently finalized, just looking at all the different composers, everything from, um, Erica Wazen, who's a, a contemporary composer to Fats Waller jazz and, um, Manuel Pinella, which is a Spanish composer and mm. just kind of the different styles. And I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting variety. I think that's one of my favorite things is reading the program. Are you going to have a program this year? We will have a printed program. Excellent. Because that's where I learn, you know, the history of the piece or, or put it in context of when it was performed or or how it built upon somebody else's work or how it was novel. You know, just all kinds of insights that you don't get from just listening to music at home. And that's what I love about the concert is it's a little bit of a music education. Yeah. And so hearing the, the list of the composers is that will be exciting because I'm always introduced to new new artists, composers. There's uh, so many. I mean, the, the the catalogs are vast, right? You, you, it's just no one ever knows it all, right? <laughs> and so that's exciting, um, folks. If you're just tuning in, this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. I'm here with Francesca Andreg, and we're talking about the Bridge Chamber Music Festival, which will be happening next week. The first concert is on Wednesday the 25th at 7.30. Now that one is at St. John's Lutheran Church here in Northfield. And that one, is, is that indoors? or? Yeah, so that's our only performance in 2021 that's actually indoors. Okay. And the reason um, we wanted to have it indoors is because we did want to program some works that involve piano. So other than this concert, <laughs> we had to program completely without piano. That that was also a big sort of, you know. I didn't think about that. You can't really carry that around and bring that to the park. It's <laughs> a big issue, yeah. So um, we're excited about that because um, the, 
the works that will have performed the cello sonata by Manuel, Manuel Ponce is a really amazing piece, just like outpouring of, you know, passionate. I mean, it's really, you know, one of those big pieces. Um, mm. and, and we're so excited about that. And, and then, and that's cellist, um, Christine, Lamprea. Lamprea, which I've you know been poking around looking at some of her works, and I'm excited that she's coming here. And she has uh, a beautiful love for the, the cello, obviously. And then who will be on piano? So she's going to be playing um, the Ponce Cello Sonata with Esther Wang. And then um, also on the program will be the E-flat piano trio of, of Schubert. And for that, she'll be joined by myself on violin and Nikki Melville on piano. And it's always interesting when we do chamber music because string players, we can kind of put it together a little more easily. But for the piano, like every piece of chamber music is basically a piano concerto. <laughs> so that's why we have two different pianists on the same concert. That's because a lot it's to such learn. a huge hundreds of thousands of notes in every piece, you know, so they, yeah, yeah, that is, and, and we are share the workload. Exactly. And Esther and Nicola are just extraordinary, uh, incredibly fun to watch. We should, um, I pulled up some music from, uh, some of the things that Christine Lamprea has on her website. Um, this is, I have either a Schumann or a, what was the other piece that she had on there? One was a Debussy, um, Debussy, uh, no, Debussy. <laughs> Debussy. Thank you. Uh, which should we play today? Let's do the Schumann. Okay, we'll do that. And this, now, now you pick this, and folks, you, I, I'm going to, I am not going to pronounce this correctly. So um, I'm going to spell it, and you can tell me how to say it. This is a. Um, Oof, uh, F-U-N-F-S-T-U-C-K-E, Fumpfstuke, and V-O-L-K-S-T-O-N. Do you know this? Sure, I'm going to so hand The good news is, that's German for five pieces. Okay, good. <laughs> that's, that's, let's call it that, five pieces. <laughs> because I thought, ooh, that's, that one, you know, I have trouble sometimes pronouncing, but this, this one was a, a little bit extra difficult. But the piece is beautiful, so we're going to listen to her perform this. This is with pianist Nevea, Nava, I'm not sure, uh, Perlman, and they are performing that in Philadelphia, and that was for WRTI in their performance studio, um, which is just, it's a, a lovely video if you want to go look that up, that's on YouTube, but we will take a listen and enjoy some of that gorgeous cello music, maybe you need a little bit of a break from your day today, and this would be a good way to do that, so here she goes.
Wow. That was absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Uh, that was, again, cellist Christine Lamprea, and she will be here for the Bridge Chamber Music Festival for that concert happening on Wednesday, the 25th at 7.30. Again, that's August of 2021, if you're listening to this in the future, and we're because I learned that from my, my time away, that I never said the year on my recordings because I never had to because... It, everything was live and happening, and then we had to go back and do some uh, reruns. So that was, that was, and also that was the movement to the Langsam is what that was called. So ah, it feels good to take a little breath. And uh, it was also lovely. Francesca and I had time to, to chat a little bit, and I learned that you have a, a twin brother, which is so cool. I have boy-girl twins, and you have a boy and a girl now, too. Yeah. So uh, it's um, busy time. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Very busy time. And that's I, and, and like I said in the introduction, I really think that, um, you know, I used to be a regular go, you know, going to the symphonies before I had kids and, and being, you know, have, have tickets and subscribed. And that wasn't possible uh, once, you know, I had kids and life got really busy. And this this is the perfect, you know, way to get back to that um the talented musicians that are here and that come to visit are so extraordinary and the concert that um will be featured cellist christine lamprea is uh trios by latin american composers as i understand so it won't won't be the schumann but uh we wanted to play a little bit just to hear her it was a lovely recording so i want to thank the folks at wrti they do have a post if you want to go to their website, wrti.org, where you can watch. And then there's an interview with her as well that, that um, is in, in the middle of their performance. So all kinds of ways to, to bring music to you. And uh, I, I'm, anything else we should know about that concert that you want to preview for folks? Um, I just would like to say about Christine that she is an absolutely phenomenal, award-winning artist. Um, she won the Astral Auditions, which is a big competition in Philadelphia a few years ago. And, um, and now she's one of their artists on their management roster. And, you know, she's just, she recently was soloing with the Brevard Orchestra, which is a festival in North Carolina. And I saw a little clip of that on Facebook. And it, she played the Tchaikovsky Rococo Variations. Mm. And for anyone who studied cello will just know that that's just famously one of the most difficult pieces ever wow. for cello. And she just made it sound so elegant. I mean, Christina's really a true, a true virtuoso of the cello. So um, you absolutely don't want to miss this concert. She is incredible. And she has... Um, if you go to the Bridge Chamber Music Festival dot com website, you'll be able to read about all her accolades or or on her own website. Just look her up and and just kind of be astonished. I, be prepared to be astonished. I would because agree. She's done some very just internationally amazing performances and and collaborated with really the top of the top artists. And so how did you connect with her then? That's so um we both went to Juilliard. Oh, and so when I lived in New York, we were, um, she's a l little bit younger, but we were in some of the same circles and, and yeah. That's lucky for all of us yes, <laughs> that she's coming here and it's very exciting to, to be able to host her. And, you know, I was thinking about that too, for the musicians that get together, that's probably, you know, when you, you know, you so say you have the concerts, but then you probably have time to, you know, have some meals together and to exchange ideas and, you know, connections and talk about festivals you want to do or things you want to play. Yeah, absolutely. And when you asked a little bit earlier about um, what it's like to be an artistic director, one thing that I think about, actually the primary thing that I think about, is balancing um, something that's going to be very entertaining and beneficial for our audiences, but, but a way of kind of organizing the festival that's also going to be really, you know, great fun for the musicians and so yeah, you, you know, want to be known as a festival that people want to come to right right exactly <laughs> so there are certain things that i think make it really great for the audience and but for the musicians one thing that makes it really great is that opportunity like you said to reconnect and to play chamber music with maybe not the same people that you always play with but to kind of mix it up a little bit that's mm -hmm. kind of the festival 
the festival fun. Mm-hmm. I remember on my Instagram for a while, anytime I went to a festival, I was like, festival fun. Because <laughs> that is, that's the festival fun. <laughs> and have there been more of those this summer? That, that I was thinking about camps and um, teaching opportunities. The summer for musicians is often filled with uh, those tours. Have those been happening? So um, a lot of camps are coming back, sometimes in a more a little bit more limited way with audience restrictions. The festival that I've been teaching at for several summers, the National Music Festival, was actually canceled this year mm-hmm. um, because of some venue issues and crossing my fingers that'll be on for next summer. Yeah, that's it. it, it, it I think the whole world, you kind of are... are um, waiting to, to, you know, fingers crossed that things that you love and treasure and, and went to all the time happen again. And so we're going to, um, but but we take advantage of those opportunities that we do create and the ways yeah. that we've adapted. And the festival's done a lot of that. So that means that the next concert on Friday the 27th is going to be outside. That's the Central Park concert. Mm-hmm. That's at 5 p.m. So folks should note, note the little earlier time on that one. Um, and again, the schedule is all listed at bridgechambermusicfestival.com if you want any of those specific details. But this is going to be Stone Arch Brass which is uh, kind of, uh, um, I think, have they been here for the Vintage Band Festival? Quite possibly. I, I feel like I know the name. Um, so tell us how, how they're, what they're planning. We talked a little about the music earlier, um, but uh, your connection and, and invitation to them. Yeah, so um, Martin Hodel is kind of one of the anchors of the group, and he's our trumpet professor at He's St. so Olaf amazing. College. I just love hearing him play. <laughs> And so um, they play all over the Twin Cities. And just looking at the names, they are really some top players in the Twin Cities. Um, Jason Tanksley, who also teaches at St. Olaf, uh, the tuba player, and um, Jenna McBride also. So I didn't quite realize how many St. Olaf professors there are. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful, though. Just these amazing, amazing players. And, And I'm just so looking forward to hearing what the brass group sounds like, you know, against that backdrop of the wall of the White Center there in Central Park. I think that'll be a really amazing and acoustic. Is, yeah, did did you choose that spot because of the way that the sound would, um, you know, come back at the audience? Or I, I was thinking about that, how you'd have to test out some of the spots because it, it's not going to be like an auditorium how, and, and to try and, you know, hear each other. Right, and... <laughs> And actually, there have been a bunch of performances um, in Central Park this summer. Um, the I think the public library puts on something um, on Wednesdays, and so I think actually it's kind of a gathering spot already. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and the audience usually sits there, you know, facing the building, and and there's just a lot of really comfortable seating there on the lawn, and so. Yeah, folks so can bring bring lawn chairs, blankets. Uh, it's kind of, and we should also mention too um, that these these concerts are free, but there's a suggested donation of five dollars, which is extraordinary. You would never really be able to get tickets to any of these events. Usually, how how is it that they're able to keep the these prices so amazingly reasonable? <laughs> well, um, our budget is. A mix of like many nonprofits is a mix of grants um, and audience donations, ticket sales. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in the past, um, we've been able to keep the we had tickets that were priced low because of our support from grants and donations. And this year, because we're doing concerts in more casual outdoor spaces, you know, it just I think charging admission and a ticket doesn't really make sense. Um, but we're just hoping that um, folks feel moved and, and motivated to donate because um, we want to put on great concerts like this next year as well. And to do that, we really do need to raise um, we need to raise the money to keep it going. That's so, right. Yeah. So there'll be an opportunity. You don't have to have anything in advance, right. but there'll be a place where they can make a donation. Um, or a contribution, and those, the one in the park, uh, Central Park, you can you know, bring your own picnic blanket and uh, maybe have some cheese and crackers along with your concert. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> 
And so that is again on the 27th. That's a Friday at 5 p.m. And uh, so I, I'm, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it's going to be perfect summer weather like it's been. Yes. And then on Saturday, the 28th at 10 a.m. So this is a morning concert. This is another yes. new time for classical music. And there have been a few uh, Riverwalk Market uh, pieces. Did you do something in May, I think, yes, too? Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. And so um, who who will be playing? It's It says in the brochure that it's some St. Olaf music grads. Yes. So Meredith Maloli, who is uh, my former student who graduated this year and is living in Northfield and she is an amazing violinist and um, I like to have these um, concerts in the community like the one we did two years ago at Goodbye Blue Monday and then the Riverwalk Market Fair to kind of showcase the talents of younger artists mm-hmm. and um, to have you know that Bridge Festival presence um, just kind of throughout the community, so that people, when they're walking by, getting their you know coffee at the at the fair, they can um, see that. And and th- this is also something I've learned from going to other festivals and being a participant as an artist myself. That when you have a really strong community presence, um, just like a casual concert somewhere, or you know a concert where a lot of people are just you know naturally congregating, then that just um, it just brings a lot to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that that the community really enjoys about about having a festival like that is that um, so kind of integration of, of the music with just kind of naturally where people are. And mm-hmm. so that's why we like to do the Riverwalk Market Fair. And Meredith um, has a big repertoire of kind of different styles of music. So we're excited to hear her play on Saturday the 28th. And there are a lot of visitors to our town at you know during that time that might not know that we do the Bridge Chamber Music Festival That's and right. and it's a great way to showcase the talents that are here and I love the, the the Bridge Chamber Music Festival always has an element of young artists and I think it's always such a joy to see that celebrated and you know to have them on that same sort of footing that you too can be a part of the the uh celebration cuz uh some of those concerts I, I've gone to, it's just, um, you know, you put yourself back in those places when you were doing first time concerts and the nerves and, uh, but all, all the, the ones I've been to, they've just shown and, and just been brilliant. And it's just like, uh, you, you, you know, as an audience member, you can deeply appreciate what they're doing to show up and be, you know, get through those nerves. Absolutely. <laughs> and I bet even the people who performed, um, you know, hundreds of places get nervous too. Oh, absolutely. And if, if you're not a little nervous, then you're probably, you know, you, <laughs> that's when the trouble comes. <laughs> yeah. I was reading something about how people who um, deal with nerves most effectively are able to think about their nervousness as like a form of excitement. So So transfer it really. Yeah. So if you tell yourself, oh, I'm excited to play this concert, you know, I'm a little on edge, but I'm excited. Then you're able to kind of like use that to make your performance better. I suppose you could harness that. And instead of it, it, you know, being a block or a, you know, a a distraction, it can be part of that current. I don't know a better way to describe it, but. uh, Yeah, we talk about that a lot in, in music teaching because, of course, as you said, everybody experiences stage fright. So we always looking for ways to think about that. Yeah, exactly. And so that it's, it's a great thing. And um, I think the one thing probably that's also great is uh, the audience or audiences, at least all the audiences I've been to have been very supportive, right? Absolutely. (laughs) They're always rooting for you (laughs) to succeed. So you don't have to worry about that part. And then we have one, one last concert on, which is at another really um, idyllic, setting for for uh, our community that's a keepsake cidery out in dundas and sunday the 29th at 3 p.m so and that is going to feature some music by mendelssohn yes so um i'm very excited to be working with keepsake cidery for this concert and um that's become kind of a community gathering place and i remember the first time i went there a couple years ago and saw their beautiful patio and their garden and just thought this would be an amazing place to listen to chamber music. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about it ever since. And it's it's funny, actually, you know, as the director, sometimes I'm just doing errands and I like look somewhere and I'm like, that would be a great place to have a concert. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, right? Yeah. The place that, um, 
yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of like scoping out places where we could have concerts, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so Keepsake Cidery has been on the top of my list for a while and I'm really excited that it's, that this is going to happen. Um, yes. And I always like to conclude, um, the season with kind of a big festive piece. So we're doing the string quintet, um, number two of Felix Mendelssohn, Opus 87. And this is one of those um, pieces that Mendelssohn wrote as a younger composer. And it's just so full of energy and kind of bubbly. And, you know, there's five people. So it's like a little bit bigger. There's just more going on. And I just, this is also a piece that is difficult to program um, on a regular with a regular sort of string quartet group because there's an extra person. Oh, the, because you would have to add the fifth, and if right, you're so usually you have having four, f- exactly. So that's another thing that I like to um, uh, include at, in my kind of organization of the concerts is pieces that are difficult to do um, in a more like a with the more sort of normal personnel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So to do you know just kind of because there are a lot of pieces out there like this Mendelssohn that um, the instrumentation is like not standard, but the piece itself is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And additionally, um, it's not in the information that you received, but we're going to have another piece um, a duet by for viola and cello by Rebecca Clark. Um, uh, and she is in a, a, her music is just amazing. Uh, all of the viola players out there will have heard or played her viola sonata Ooh. and some of her viola music. And, Is she a contemporary composer um, then? Um, earlier in the 20th century. Okay. And and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hearing that. So that'll be another extra treat. And they have uh, beautiful pati- patio grounds. I saw a picture you'd posted of, of some of the, the little the, the tables. Yeah. Um, again, and it's really easy to find the um, keepsake cidery. Uh, so it's again a Sunday afternoon at three. What yeah. a lovely place! And yeah, those just, afternoons just sitting outside listening to chamber music, and they have snacks and they have cider, and you know, just casual. And mm-hmm. I think that's the. Did best they way. build a little stage or something that I, I thought I saw in the picture? So they they have a variety of different options. Um, they actually have a completely new building, which we're not going to use for this concert. Cause we want this to be outside. I think we'll be under, um, their tent that mm-hmm. they have up. Um, but they're, they, yeah, they have a lot of different, um, kind of configurations because they host so many different groups. They've been growing and, and doing all kinds of, of fun things. So that's a place to know. So it's this, this year it's like a little tour, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I wonder if we should listen to a little Mendelssohn. I didn't know the piece that you were going to be playing. So the one that I picked was, um, this is the string quartet and this is the Emerson string quartet. Um, which is uh, not not the same thing, um, but should should we play it a little bit just to you know get people get your mindset? Imagine yourself out in the the, the you know amongst the apple trees and the gardens and uh, at a little table listening to some an incredible music. This is Mendelssohn String Quartet Number no. One in E flat, Opus Twelve, and uh, this is Canzonetta. I hope I said that right, Allegretto. And we'll take a listen to the Emerson String Quartet. I thought this was a a lovely recording with some good quality. So here we go.
What a lovely, lovely piece and a treat for us to be able to hear that. And uh, I want to thank um, that Emerson Quartet for playing that piece for us. It's it's not the same as being live, but I love how YouTube has done a lot of those things where you can hear those pieces. And I I do want to mention that this was provided to YouTube by Universal Music Group. I suspect that's something they wanted us to say. And uh, I, I learned from... And uh, the uh, Francesca, that this in fact is one of David. Um, oh my gosh, Carter. Carter. I I don't know why my, where my brain went. Um, one of his favorite pieces. So, David, if you're listening, that was um, unintentionally, but I'm glad it w- turned out to be something that you enjoy because it was absolutely lovely. You know, one thing I learned also on um, YouTube is I found some places where you could go and see the score. As as the music was playing, and that was incredibly fun. Isn't that cool? And I thought, oh, I've not, and and it's been a while since I've you know performed, and uh, just it was like uh, seeing the code behind a computer program or something, and to follow along and try to hear you know pull out each of the different pieces, and it was a new way to listen. And I thought, well, I could do more of this. It's yeah. it's engaging. Yeah. And uh, so there's always something changing, even if, even if it's classical music. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's another way to uh, experience it. And uh, what else? Do we miss anything else? Or we? I th- feel like we've got everybody to go to bridgechambermusicfestival.com so they will get all the m- more details about the artists, about the songs and the performances. I think we um, just wanted to mention that, especially this year with all of our outdoor concerts um, and being free, that people should feel free to bring kids and young people that might enjoy hearing the music or even just you know playing we were talking about at keepsake cidery they have a sand pit so you know i think it's a nice way for people to experience classical music and sort of on in whatever way that makes sense to them yeah i think that's an important thing i used to do what i i would call i wouldn't tell my kids this but i did some what i called audience training with them (laughs) so that we would find something that was a very short concert that they could actually you know um not have to sit totally still like at a park or a a place that that a coffee shop or something and then then we could experience it and then have success and then go you know after a a song (laughs) that makes sense because you have to, you have to, it's it's not something that's natural to sit still. And then, you know, I think as you get older, you appreciate that sitting still and listening and letting the music envelope, you know, over your thoughts and kind of take over. Um, but that's not a natural skill. <laughs> Kids want to express and do and move. So you've created a, a space that that can happen this year. Yeah, we're hoping that we'll see some families. Exactly. Well, the Bridge Chamber Music Festival is back. And I am just thrilled to be able to have spent this time with you, Francesca, again. Um, I'm sorry to believe that that, uh, we've been talking about this music for a a long time and uh, how blessed we are to have it back in Northfield. Thank you so much, Paula. We'll hope to see all of our audience next week at the Bridge Chamber Music Festival. Absolutely. Folks, this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. And I hope that in this next week that you, you know, find that balm that you need to make it through these last weeks of summer. And then just make that happen for your world. And we all need to take care of ourselves during this continued strange and novel time. So I wish you the opportunity to add whatever that Art Zany is to your life. And of course, in the meantime, until next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. Dutch Boy's new Platinum Plus paint with